the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. Working Fans Podcast. Back at you with, God, what is this? Episode 170. And we're about to talk about William Regal dream matches. And AJ, I happen to know for a fact, you're actually a big William Regal fan. Why don't you tell the people why you like William Regal? First of all, I apologize to the fans because speaking of William Regal, along those same lines, I'm a little tired due to the fact that I've been celebrating since Tuesday the fact that Mandy Rose has been the NXT Women's Champion for a year. I mean, when it comes to true catch-as-catch-can wrestlers, I think... If you don't say William Regal and Manny Rose in the same sentence, then you're missing out on something. That being said, William Regal, or Lord Stephen Regal, if you prefer, when I first started watching him, is one of the great technical wrestlers of all time. Anybody who's familiar with me knows I love the British style of technical wrestling. I love the catch-as-catch-can style. I love when people work a body part. Even back, not even British style, but going back to the Minnesota Wrecking Crew, the way people dissect a body part, work a body part. And William Regal is one of those guys who started off passionate as a young age. He was a wrestler at, what, 16 years old, yeah. wrestling in carnivals, and very impressive. Yeah, no, William Rigo is one of the best. I'll have you kick off. We did not, I did not tell you who to look out for today, so we'll we'll wing this a little bit, unless you got a thing for tallies. But yeah, let's just see who you got as a list. All right, I'm looking it up right now. Let's see here, because I always get sent this great information. I've got the mothership, I know that. And I've got Harry Priest to start off. And one of the people that Harry would love to see is Mick McManus, Owen Hart, Hmm. Billy Robinson. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Billy Robinson has actually happened. I don't know for sure. Just because of the amount of time that William Regal's been wrestling. Yeah. Gene LaBelle, which would have been an interesting one. Good one. And then Nick Bockwinkle. Oh, you son of a bitch, Harry. Because I didn't make up my list yet. I was going to make it on the fly. And I had two names. They're like, oh, I bet no one's going to have. And Nick Bockwinkle was one of them. Oof. Well, you would have bet it wrong because Nick's on my list also. So. Well, that's right. I'll come up with another name. <laughs> Nick, Nick got booted. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> The late great Nick Bockwinkel has been thrown out of Dave's list. You know what? I know you're a little ahead of me, but I'm going to make my list now. So at least you know what? While you're making your list, I'll do one more list from the mothership here. I've got Albert Bettis. He's also got Owen Hart, which to me is one to watch out for. I think when people think of great technical wrestlers, Owen Hart's got to be one of those people. Nigel McGinnis, which to me, a, a wonderful match that would be. I I don't think people remember Nigel enough 
for the great technical wrestler he is. Bret Hart. Oh, yeah. Which is just outstanding. I know that at some point they must have had at least one match somewhere. I don't know. I, I don't know if they crossed at the same time. Regal may have gone to the WWE when he went to WCW. I don't know for sure. And then Shawn Michaels and Walter. Walter, that's a great one. I'm going to watch out for Shawn, and I'm going to watch out for Brett also. And Owen, yeah. Also- Oh, man. Regal's wrestled so many great people. So, like, you can say a name like Ricky Steamboat. You can say Iron Anderson. Rick, Regal's wrestled him. You know, he's been in there with all of them. So, at different Well, the times. fact of the matter oh, is, he, well, people don't realize he goes back to the 80s. Yeah. Because you know. he started wrestling at 16 years old, you're talking about somebody who has literally been in, what is that, four decades of wrestling, five yeah. now. Yeah, I got some names for you. William Regal. I don't think anyone's going to have this under this. Yeah, I don't dog. think anybody's going to have Boy. William Regal. That's his name. Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer. <laughs> oh wait, are we doing, are we doing your actual list now? This is my actual list. Yep. <laughs> oh, you're go- oh, so you're going early to make sure nobody else screws you over on. Yeah, you. right, right. Gotcha. This might have happened at some point as a gimmick match. I don't think it has a comedy style match. Regal versus Kamala. I thought you were were going to say Colt Cabana because you said comedy. No, absolutely not. But I will go with one here that maybe someone will have. Regal versus Johnny Gargano. Because in NXT, I would say if Regal could have gone, that could have actually been a match that might have happened at one point. Oh, absolutely. Here's one. William Regal versus Don Morocco. Don Morocco, fiery competitor. So can I just put down The Rock? (laughs) No. I think they've wrestled, by the way, too. The Rock, rather. Don Morocco, for those of you who don't know, and I know most of our fans actually do know, but those who don't know, Don Morocco was called The Rock before The Rock. (laughs) And finally, sticking with another former Intercontinental Champion, I think would have been a great fiery match, especially in his prime. William Regal versus Tito Santana. Oh, so you almost went with one that's going to be on my list. Or at least you made me think you were going to. Arriba! Santana would have been fun. All right. Now, who do you have who's not yourself uh, so we can talk to the fans here? Right, I'll go producer Joe. <laughs> <laughs> long, long time listener, producer Joe. The man who's going for the All-Atlantic Championship tonight, Soccer. Oh, actually, no, no. That's Sakuraba. Never mind. That's not, I thought he had Shibata. So Sakuraba, another great Japanese star from back in the day. Here's a good one that a lot of people might have. Zack Sabre Jr., Okada. Timothy Thatcher. That's a good one. Pete Dunn. I can see that name popping up. And Jake Rule. Seamus. Yeah, we won't count Seamus, but the rest of them are fantastic. Also, I'm not 100% sure that when Seamus wasn't in FCW or early in his career or the beginning of NXT, there's a possibility that they could have already actually had a match of some kind. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it would not have been on a widely televised because it would have been before NXT that we know now, but right. it definitely could have happened. All right, I've got Raymond Asher, and he's got Billy Robinson again so billy now in there twice so let's let's put a little list there because i don't think billy robinson has ever been counted for anything not twice not on our show (laughs) exactly jeff ports who the hell's jeff ports i don't know i'm interested that sounds like uh i wonder if that's an old british wrestler Uh, hey good job pulling one over on us there nick bockwinkle again so let's put one up there for a good old nb who might have won the whole thing if dave hadn't erased him from his list Fern ganya so somebody's (laughs) been watching awa and then 
Dick Murdoch. Dick Murdoch. That's an interesting yeah. one. I was actually looking up Jeff Ports. And I wanted to make sure. I see it spelled with a G. And G-E-O-F-F-P-O-R-T-Z. He is the father of Scott McGee, and he was an English professional wrestler. Wow. That, that somebody, somebody goes. Knows we know. Here's the funny thing is, is that as much as I love English wrestling, I'm more familiar with the name Scott McGee. Yeah, me too. <laughs> too. What was that last name again? He's a Dick Murdoch, too, huh? That's yeah, the Captain Redneck or Dirty Dick Murdoch. We might get the most variety of any wrestler who in this list, I think, than anybody. Oh, absolutely. Well, he would match with all those styles because, once again, Dick Murdoch was one of those people who, yeah, he was an ass kicker, but he could wrestle and he could do comedy. And he could do comedy. So the two of them together would be magic, I think. I got Mike Flynn. I almost called him Mike Flynn Jr. He's... <laughs> He's got Walter. I believe that's another Walter vote. Yeah. Moxley. Zack Sabre Jr. once again on here. Danielson and Pete Dunne. You would not believe how many people have two. <laughs> Did Pete Dunne? Is that Pete Dunne's second one too? Pete Dunne's got two. Walter's got two. Zabar, Sabre Jr. has two. Owen has two. Billy Robinson has two. Nick Bockwinkel has two. Ironically, you know who doesn't have two? Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. You don't need them. <laughs> All right. Well, some numbers are about to change. Actually, Billy Robinson has three. <laughs> No, he has three now because Jonathan Meisner says Billy Robinson. He's got Jack Briscoe, which is a great one. Wahoo McDaniel. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Nick Bockwinkle again. I like three for Bockwinkle. (laughs) That's three for Bockwinkle. And here is a great one. One that uh, I wish I would have put on mine, Ray Stevens. I thought about Ray. I forgot it. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. So we're definitely going in the right area here. I haven't a of- seen a Terry Funk or Dory Funk yet either. That would have been interesting. Absolutely. That would have been great. All right. I got Alex Lorenzo. He's got Minoru Suzuki, Ishii. Here's another one for Pete Dunn, Tyler Bate, and R Truth in a comedy match. Nice. So I just realized I have a lot less lists than I thought that I did oh, yeah. because you, the two that you sent me, only one name is actually different on the two lists. Oh. That's, oh. <laughs> I only have one more and then myself to go. So All right. Let me read the next two. I got Anthony Laterra. He's got MJF, which I'm honestly surprised we haven't heard more of given the recent interview. We got Yuta. We got Darby Allen, Danny Garcia, Walter, again, and yeah. then Jim Rule. He's got Regal or Danielson. Regal and Danielson versus FTR. Oh, nice. Yeah. So right. Walter now has taken the lead with four, by the way. All right. Well, we got, let me get another one here. This is Randy Osga's list. He's got Josh Alexander, Yuta. That's a second vote for Yuta. Yeah. Orange Cassidy, second vote coming for Danny Garcia, and Hook. Nice. Interesting mix there. Definitely some interesting names. I've got Ariel Agbalag, and he's got Billy Robinson again. He's got Fujiwara, which is great for those of you who don't know. Yoshiki Fujiwara is actually the inventor of the armbar. And then we also have Carl Gotch, which I'm sure has actually happened. I don't know if that's happened or not. Maybe. They they definitely, I bet they've crossed paths. Yeah, well, I know that. So here's why I have a feeling that that's happened. I know that during those camps, that Regal used to travel through in Europe that Carl Gotch would have been in this camps at the same time period. So there's a good chance they could have worked together. Yeah, maybe. And then we've got, thank you, and AJ does equal ratings. Doug Williams, which is a great one. Yeah. And here's one that I'm surprised we haven't heard yet. Jay White. Uh, good one but let me i don't know how many more lists you have how many more lists you have oh is that it for that one i have one more all right so i've got myself i'll save myself for last yeah i do want to tell you walter is in the lead tied with billy robinson with four yeah in second place you've got pete dunn 
and you've got Nick Bockwinkle tied at three. That's incredible. So, well, let me say what Jake's got. He's got Dynamite Kid. That's a good one. He's got Minoru Suzuki, which I think we've heard before, too, on here. Well, I like, wasn't tallying him, so. No, that's fine. I haven't heard him once, though. So. Claudio Casanoli, which I, they've actually wrestled once. Yeah, I know they've uh, wrestled. And Brian Danielson. And then the last one I'm going to put here is, which is Jake's three, but I, I, I saved it for last because it's going to affect the vote. Pete, don't call me Butch Dunn. Wow. So now we actually have three people tied at four. Boy. Now, my list is going to affect this. Okay. Because I've got Nick Bockwinkle. Yes. So, so now we have four <laughs> people tied at four. <laughs> I have Barry Windham because I think that they would have been tremendous together. I actually also had the Dynamite Kid because I thought that that would be a fun match to watch. Yeah. I have Chris Benoit. Oh, yeah. We know that Benoit. Yes. Well, and then, they've well, wrestled. I, they have wrestled. But yeah. for me, it's a dream match because it would mean Benoit was still alive. <laughs> Also, I've got one more for you. This last one is not going to affect any of the lists. The last one for me is I would actually like to see William Regal against Luthez. Very good. Who are our top four then, since we have four people? So we've got four people tied at four, ironically. Okay. Pete Dunn, Walter... Yes. Billy Robinson and yeah. Nick Bockwinkle. Okay. I'm going to boot one of the old timers. <laughs> Can't believe you're going to do that to Pete Dunn. I'm not doing it to Pete Dunn. <laughs> I'm going to do it to Billy Robinson. <laughs> Billy Robinson was a legend. And actually, I would say, honestly, I don't know if we do Billy Robinson justice because there's a lot of Billy Robinson footage out there that me and you probably haven't watched. We're both familiar with Billy Robinson, but by the way, Billy Robinson's still alive. Well, he, 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 yeah, he trained Shayna Baszler. Go Billy! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's talk about let's go Bachwinkle, Pete Dunn, and Walter. Let's well, dream match. Not many people remember who Bachwinkle is, but he is a former AWA World Champion, and really, he was kind of other than Vern Gagne, he was the man in the AWA. Is that fair to say? Actually, Billy Robinson passed away in 2014, but he did did train Shayna Baszler before that, so good for him. So would you say that Bachwinkle next to Vern Gagne was probably the top guy in the AWA? Yeah, absolutely. He was basically Vern Gagne's right-hand man, and he was a perfect foil to Vern Gagne because Vern Gagne was such a no-frills technical wrestler. And then even though Nick Bachwinkle was a great technical wrestler, he was flashy and almost had like that. He wasn't like Gorgeous George in the sense that he had that femininity to him, but he had that platinum blonde hair and uh, I'm smarter than you. Yeah, Rico probably would have been interesting. Oh, they were- I think yeah. Regal would have been the heel, probably. It could have went either way, because Regal, with his blue-collar upbringing, he could have came from that angle against the smug Bockwinkle, right. or you could have had Bockwinkle turn face and have him go up against the smug Lord Stephen Regal, so it could have went either way. Yeah. Well, this is an interesting one. This is three very different people. I don't know. Who do you want to boot first? How about that? For me, the one that I would like to, because I would love to have Pete Dunn versus Regal from a technical technical standpoint. I think that that would be He fantastic. doesn't feel main event, though. It just doesn't feel main event it feels like something i would see on the main event right yeah so so yeah i got no problem with that so then we're looking at walter slash gunther or bachwinkle and it's funny bachwinkle at this point his resume for those who don't know it is bigger than walter's however i feel like walter is this dark horse to me that like i could see being a world champion in wwe i love walter i think walter would be money as a heel champion to be honest with you however that being said as much as i love Walter and I and this isn't just me being biased because I do like Walter that much Bachwinkle is a legend he's a Hall of Famer he held the AWA together 
in a time period where Hogan left and basically they could have been dead at any moment. Bockwinkle held that company together from the 70s all the way through that time period. And quite frankly, he helped build Hulkamania. That run where Hogan learned how to wrestle against Bockwinkle as the heel is the beginning of Hulkamania. So I have to, in my opinion, give it to Bockwinkle. Okay. Because to me, he is a proven draw, whereas yeah. thus far, Gunther is not the proven draw yet. Okay, I'll, I'm, I'm gonna we're gonna do it. We're gonna. I don't I don't know if this is gonna be our last five three one. I know Joe talked about it. I have some ideas that I might think we might keep the five three one for a certain segment. That I got an idea for. We'll see how that goes. But if this is the last five three one for a while, or at least the one as we know it, or at least the last five three one for dream matches, probably Bachwinkle. What a way to go out. Yeah, just a classy gentleman, and the amount of people that he affected in his career, the amount of that. He drew he was on the top as a heel on the top as a baby face he made people him and zabisco i know a lot of people don't give zabisco a lot of respect yeah. but if you want to see two people go back and forth on the mic and have a good time watch zabisco versus bachwinkle from the mid to late 80s and you'll see the two of them just go back and forth it's great or you really want to enjoy something go back and watch bobby heenan as the manager mm. of nick bachwinkle and absolutely phenomenal yeah bobby heenan and regal would have made a great pair at one point oh absolutely so we got we're done we don't really have any uh, other segments today i thought to be a little fun today okay I, I got something planned too maybe we're on the same oh, no, page no. oh no go ahead let's hear what you got i'm gonna drop a little crown jewel here that's right. literally what I was thinking. I was like, well, Watch we have more. this, we have something happening tomorrow. We do. That, that's very interesting. And there's so now, flying. Roman versus Logan Paul. I think Roman's keeping the title. I think that's been the guess. Did but you see the press conference today? I have not. I have not. I was so like, the, got... the press conference has already happened today. Jake Paul is there. Okay. And they did go, oh, nice surprise. Jake Paul. Wow. So that, so he is going to be in the corner of Logan Paul interesting. Uh, with the bloodline there also. So that could make things interesting also. It could. I want to paint a scenario that I don't know that if we're all going to be a fan of. Logan Paul wins the world title. And it, it would create a lot of buzz. I know a lot of fans would probably not be happy, but I'm going to give you two scenarios while I could see it working. All right. One, if they have The Rock for WrestleMania, right? There's two nights of WrestleMania. What if the first night Rock defended the world or fought for the world title against Logan Paul? Rock wins the world title, and then in the second night, loses the title back to Roman Reigns. That could happen. I mean, that'd be a great fantasy match. Another thing that could happen is Logan Paul wins at Crown Jewel. Looks like a huge thing. He gets attacked on the very first night of being champion by whoever, probably the bloodline, and Austin Theory cashes in on his ass. You know, I got another one I want to try for you. This one I actually like, all right? Even though, again, I, I want Roman to keep the belt, but I almost like this one a little bit. Logan Paul gets the title. Goes on to WrestleMania. Fans hate him. He has absolute mega white heat at this point. Nobody thinks he deserves this title. Everybody's pissed. Who wins the Royal Rumble and challenges for him but the son of Dusty Rhodes? Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes. The guy who left and was not good enough comes back as to win for his father the belt he never won against the outsider at the biggest stage of all. So basically you're talking about Mr. Tradition himself yeah. winning against the outsider. I actually love that scenario. Yeah. I just, I'm not sure WWE is going to be that creative with it. I don't either. Well, for, I just want to address this real quick. Randy, I don't think either one of us saw Battle Riot yet, but yeah, I'll definitely be checking that out soon. But I did watch Battle Cats last night, though, so I can talk about that. I feel like a robot suit. Would you stop? But, yeah, see, it's funny. I think the thing is, though, it's not the same WWE. And here's the thing. Hunter is a huge fan of Dusty, as we know. 
Hunter loved Dusty, and that's one thing where I could kind of see this. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I, 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 I see Cody Rhodes. I don't see Rock versus Roman at WrestleMania. I don't think Rock's coming back. I think it's actually going to be Cody Rhodes versus Roman at WrestleMania. Bloodline versus Bloodline. I think Rock has been very honest, and I think he said this is something he'd like to do, yeah. but he really does not know if he can do it. Yeah. I think that it's a possibility, but I'm guessing if we don't have this figured out by January, or sometime soon, maybe before that, I don't see it happening. But let's be clear. I don't think Logan Paul wins tomorrow, and I see Cody Rhodes coming back at Rumble and facing Roman Reigns is what I see. Right. But it is a two-night event, so I would not be surprised if Roman did double duty and maybe had a title defense the first night, too. I would be very surprised by that also because the way they're calling it right now, they're calling him the Unified Universal Heavyweight Champion. I don't see them splitting the belts anytime soon. Okay. Well, that being said, any other thing got your interest? I mean, Shibata tonight out of nowhere is challenging for the All-Atlantic title against Orange Cassidy with Mike Tyson well, as the... Uh, it was just a great moment to see Shibata come out and come to the ring. That was just a great moment. I popped for that. I don't know how you reacted to it, but I thought... I was, was shocked because the guy had a brain injury, couldn't wrestle, came back to have a match where he wasn't going to take bumps in New Japan, and he ended up taking bumps and stuff. Kind of went into business for himself, is the way it was said, and he's not had a match now he's back in aew and according to wrestling observer the rumor is basically that he wanted two matches one against orange cassidy and the other against brian danielson so it's very interesting because i I can see a match with orange cassidy where he doesn't have to take a lot of bumps he doesn't but how do you not take a lot of bumps with brian danielson they could just chop the shit out of each other and put a lot of submission holes on it yeah, yeah. I, yeah, which would be great. But just to see him live and on our TVs was absolutely fantastic. On an episode of Rampage, it'll be interesting to see how this ends up doing. Well, I'm trying to think if there's anything other than we'll touch base. Sami Zayn's been killing it, so we'll see how if we get anything else with him tonight. Is there a oh, it's taped tonight actually? Yeah, yeah, it's taped. I might not even watch it. I hate taped shows. But <laughs> is there a stupider storyline right now than Jade Cargill just not having the belt and all that crap <laughs> going on with the TBS title? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not really into it. Plus, they're both heels. So yeah, I don't and, really... yeah and, and they pretty much came out and made Marina Shafir look like shit. She's kind of reminded me of the new like Lodi. She's like hanging out signs and stuff like that from like the old Ravens flocks days. Yeah, it's just uh, yeah. just stupid. But yeah, we'll see what happens tomorrow at Crown Jewel. You know, the money matches Logan Paul versus Roman. I am curious to see how this works out. Hopefully, Roman retains the title. But uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. I'll just say this: I'm pitching an idea. We'll talk about it tonight. One of my ideas. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, we could talk about. Jeff Jarrett and AEW, I guess. That was a surprise. Yeah, absolutely. That was a nice little surprise. Yeah. You were happy with that, huh? <laughs> yeah. I, I actually, unlike a lot of people, I like Jeff Jarrett. So, yeah. also, he looks like he's in incredible shape. Yeah. Maybe that's why the WWE let him out, let him go. What, did he fail the wellness policy? <laughs> How about, like, were you like, who the fuck is this guy when it was Cole Carter? <laughs> Yeah, no, I know who Cole Carter is. I know he is too, but I didn't recognize him at the time because he's such a non-factor in the show. Yeah, it just it just didn't seem like there was any real point to it. I was like, wait a minute, this is what you had us going, oh, someone who knows you well? I remind, yeah. It reminded me of the fake sting back in the day and how a lot of people love that angle. And I remember me and you did it because to me it was so obvious and you were so obvious that it was never oh, yeah. sting. Yeah. But, but here's the other thing about it. Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, they've actually been aligned together since the <laughs> Flair last retirement match. 
match. Absolutely. So it's interesting to see them actually continuing to be paired together. I think that it will help Jay Lethal. I think that Jeff Jarrett's got a character. And I like the fact that he's going to help them with international TV deals also. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I want to, I did want to get this out before we get out here. So one of my ideas coming up, possibly fans, I'd like to do at some point. Maybe we'll start this next week. I'd like to pick a year, preferably like maybe the 80s. I'd like to maybe do before 84. 84 is when things started to really took off, like with the Hogan and WrestleMania bug. I'd like to look at 83, and I'd like to look at like what the top. I think it'd be really on. fun to look at 1971, right before Flair even trained. I yeah, think that'd be yeah. a great year. So we could look at like the top five wrestlers that were around in 83. You know who some of the world champions were in AWA, WWF, NWA, and we can talk about top five storylines that might be happening and just maybe top five matches of that year. Randy Osga, I love your idea. 1957 was a wonderful year in Chicago wrestling scene. Thank you for chiming in with that, Randy. All right, guys. At this debate, I think it's time to end it. It was another nice week. Producer Joe should be back next week. He's got some ideas for some segments, too. So we're going to have some stuff for you in the future. I did hear he will be in Technicolor. Oh, baby, live, if you will. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the numbers 82 Designs, 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, go to F-O-U-R, 82 Designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's light years better than our first one. Also, it divides the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. All right, everybody. It is the Working Fans Podcast with the man they call Dave. And today, we got a special show. We got the Anthony and Carl from the A to the K Wrestling Show. You can catch them on YouTube. And they're also on Pro Wrestling TV right now. And a bunch of other platforms. Guys, how are you? Oh, great, man. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having us. Sorry, we're going to work on this not talking over <laughs> each other bit as well. I mean, for, for anyone who watches or listens to the show, you're probably used to us talking over each other anyway, but, you know, we'll, we'll try our best. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny. Actually, that's something I was interested in too is like, because I have other people I work with sometimes on certain interviews and stuff, but we do it all like through the studio and everybody's remote. You guys work like right next to each other all the time. What are some pros and cons to that? I mean, well, to be fair, so we, we kind of started as a lockdown podcast as well, didn't we? So we um, yeah, yeah. we so, just started over Anchor initially um, and then kind of switched over to Zoom and then Skype and stuff anyway, wasn't it? Yeah, and just it was, trying to find the best thing to do remotely. Yeah. But. And I think it was only kind of around when we got the start working with Pro Wrestling TV, we were like, okay, now we need to, you know, try and look a little bit more professional here kind of thing. So we were like, <laughs> maybe we should meet in person, you know, we can do that now. And there's no lockdowns or restrictions. And Yeah, and so stuff. it's only, yeah, it's really since uh, Pro Wrestling TV that we've done it like this. Oh. I think, I don't know, that... Because we were friends growing up as well, so it's there's, there's that benefit of just like literally being able to see each other is pretty awesome. We can actually have a drink together. Um, so a lot of the time we'll have like a beer or a whiskey or something on the show. Or today we're spot water. Which is what <laughs> yeah, we but, thought but in a technical sense, I think honestly, just processing power is much easier. Like in terms of editing and rendering the videos, it's much easier that we've just done one recording on on one machine. Uh, we don't have to sort of bring that together quite the same way. So it's um, it, it makes the editing time a lot easier, which is which actually his job so it's fine <laughs> 
So I'll ask, we talked about this before we went on, but the question that's like the go-to for any interview, <laughs> you guys, I, I, I know you guys were fans, like we just like, but like, what got you, like, what was your fandom? Who were you into? And then, you know, what eventually made you decide to do a podcast? Shall I start? I'll let you start because uh, you'll start a lot earlier. Yeah, so I, I, I first got into wrestling probably around about 91, 92, when I was like three or four years old. So it was just... You know, my dad, my brother um, used to watch it. Um, so obviously me kind of growing up and seeing it on TV, um, I was kind of hooked from like a super, you know, early age. But for me, I, I kind of gravitated more towards like Mr. Perfect, Bret mm. Hart, you know, technical wrestling, the Intercontinental title, um, you know, Roddy Piper. Those kind of guys were um, what really kind of, you know, got my interest in, in, in the business, really. Um, and then I've just kind of followed it all the way through. You know, I think there's lulls in wrestling, isn't there? So I think... As I've kind of got older and things like that, there's been times where, you know, other than the Rumble or WrestleMania and mm. stuff like that, I'll kind of like not really keep up to it, you know, with it as much. But yeah, for me, it was probably 92. You were a little bit later. And... It, well, quite a bit later, to be honest. I sort of joined in like the sort of the Attitude Era, I suppose. So I imagine you, you had the same thing over in the States where there was a point in the Attitude Era when it was just mm. wrestling was just everywhere. It was at a fever pitch. So every every teenager just loved wrestling. And, and it was a similar thing. Like yeah, I started high school, um, that, uh, met Carl, and we quickly became friends. And everyone literally everyone was massively into wrestling so i was like well i'll have to i'll have to check this out and strangely like i don't think there's many people certainly from our high school who are still wrestling fans but um, mm. just something about the the sort of storytelling and, and that sort of theatrics about it so it sort of kept me sort of interested yeah, because I, I, again attitude there it was just uh, you know there's probably a lot of bits that we all just ignore that were probably a bit rubbish <laughs> but there's <laughs> just so many great wrestlers come from the attitude era and so many great moments come from the attitude era that um, i don't know that's just what i mean straight away undertaker i've mentioned a few times is my favorite and um again just like we had the undertaker and then the american badass and all all of that for me was just awesome so yeah and i think in terms of um <clears throat> kind of starting the podcast that that was kind of your idea wasn't it because essentially you know i mentioned the lulls in pro wrestling and kind of you know super mm. into it around rumble and mania and then sometimes you kind of, kind of fizzles out but the rumble is something that me and anthony have always loved and you know yeah. when we can we've always met up once a year and, and you know watch the rumble and really kind of got into that um and obviously it was you know 2020 watching the rumble and you were kind of like yeah, maybe we should just it's actually like, almost like one of them barroom conversations. <laughs> we should start a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the greatest idea that everyone ever had. Um, <laughs> but like for me, I I I never really like listened to podcasts or anything like that. You know, I'd, I'd listen to like the Ricky Gervais podcast and stuff, but that was kind of all I'd really you know listen to. But you were you were. No, I was very much the podcast guy. Um, I was listening to um, weird ones as well. Like I don't know why I mentioned it, but I mentioned it anyway. There's there's one that's called Welcome to Night Vale, which is it's sort of a radio show set in a fictional world so mm. there's like a lot of like mad sci-fi stuff happening in that world that the news reporters reporting on so i was always listening to like different podcasts and like loads of mad things like that so yeah i was always looking for something new and fun and um yeah they, they, the suggestions sort of come from me that well we like talking about wrestling let's, uh, right. let's put it out there and see what happens you know absolutely no, no that's definitely the way it's funny carl when you talked about with the brett and the perfect era we're actually doing a new segment soon just breaking down like favorite years in pro wrestling and when I was, I started a little earlier, I'm a little older. I started like 84 was my year. But when I thought about it, like I, I started to get kind of tired for a little bit. 91 is what brought me back. And it was the Bret Hart's and the Mr. Perfect's yeah. and then following the following year with Bret and Bulldog. And this Bret kind of became my guy actually with that. So it, it's funny to hear you say that. Like 91 is going to be a year, I guess. <laughs> 
Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, you know, you mentioned Bulldog as well. Like, obviously, for, for us being Brits, like, oh, obviously, yeah. SummerSlam, uh, Davy and Brett and stuff as well. And that was just a huge talking point in my house. Like, you know, my, my, my dad was a massive Bulldog fan, hated Brett. My sister, you know, you know, had a bit of a crush on Brett. And so it was like, no, she was cheering him on. And, I, you know, I was kind of in the middle because I loved Davy because he was British. But, you know, Brett was my favorite. So it was, yeah, it was a great time. That's awesome. We got a question in the comments here because one of my questions was going to be what some of your prep work was. And then this is asking what's your process for editing like too. So maybe we'll just tackle both of those. Yeah. I mean, I think we've streamlined it a lot over time, haven't we? So it, it used to be, well, I mean, we started off as a podcast on Anchor. Yeah. So you'll notice, um, well, yeah, we, originally we started out audio only. So we used a bit of kit called Audacity just to to sort of cut out bits that weren't working and so, you know, try and make it not four hours long. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, as we moved into the video side of things where again we were using you'll see from our ala stuff there's little watermarks on there we were using something called cyberlink at the time and we've just moved around so much to try and find the best bit of kit to, to use really but mm-hmm. at the minute we've got obviously the camera and the mic set up in in a single room in front of the green screen and um well, we well use, the studio the studio sorry the studio uh, <laughs> and um, <K-Fame>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we could just sort of record sort of pretty much live like this and then yeah. with minimal editing as long yeah. as we don't sort of go off on a tangent we can we can pretty yeah, much to be fair we, we, we've kind of got it down now so obviously we use obs as well um as kind of our, our platform choice to, to record now as well but really you know i don't know why we don't just do a live stream of it to be fair because we do just just like a one take thing isn't it we just try and keep ourselves from rambling for forever but uh, yeah. it's only whenever we you know if we've like had a guest like so i mean well so for interviews we still use like zoom and stuff, yeah well, yeah we? we still so they're a little bit more intensive in terms well, of, imagine uh, that's uh, correct me if I'm wrong because obviously the the kit you're using you can you can interview straight into it, can't you? Yeah. So you can do your do you do your interviews live as well? Yeah, Streamyard is great for that. So yeah. anyone tuning in, I'm sure they love this. But whatever, Streamyard, <laughs> like uh, <laughs> it's like one of those things where I uh, like you guys. I just sent you like a link, and you come on. And we're doing it live, or you can just set it up to record. Yeah. My buddy in the comments, that's producer Joe. He's on vacation, so he wanted to send that stuff in. But he does all the editing and stuff too. Like I don't really do any of that, but even for like for a novice, like StreamYard's just that easy to use. So yeah, oh, nice. yeah. But I recommend. Sorry, it. I know we're going into a bit more of a background scenes kind of stuff here, but it does seem like a like a really good bit of kit. That to be fair, it is. You know, we talked about it, like I've had guys on here. Like we haven't had like we're not named. I'm a DDP, but we had uh, Stevie Ray. We had Al Snow. I had Rip Rogers. Some of these guys that are older too that have been around and. It's all worked every time. Every once in a while, you might run into someone who has an issue on their side, but I think that's probably with anybody, anytime, right? (laughs) We brought a couple times. I'm curious now, how did pro wrestling TV come about, and what's that been like? It was was just a really interesting one, really. I think because we'd... And, you know, even surprising to us, I suppose, we've built up a, like a quite a back library of, of guests now out of nowhere in the last three years. So Yeah, you made like a like a banner for us the other week. And yeah, we like, it was weird seeing a lot um, more than we remember actually. actually how many people we've had <laughs> yeah. on the show. And I think uh, it was a time when Pro Wrestling TV are obviously looking to expand, you know, the, their offering, if you will. So they've yeah, got... I mean, they've got a fantastic sort of library of um, like indie wrestling content. They had like a local to us, TNT Pro Wrestling up in the, the north of England. They had, was it New South they've got? We've got Triple uh, A, so they had like loads of different wrestling content, and I think, like as you say, they were looking to throw a bit more like talk show type content out there. Yeah, and um, yeah, obviously, I don't know what's in their minds, but I suppose the attractive thing was having that that set of interviews they could sort of just put up straight away and go, "Well, there's some 
some content yeah. there. I think it was I think it was important as well as obviously the weekly stuff that we put out is having like that that rewatch factor or like you know stuff that it doesn't age like you know an, an interview necessarily you can you can go in and at any point it doesn't it doesn't have to be super topical. Um, so I think it was just that in kind of conjunction with um, as Anthony said they just brought on TNT which is a local promotion as well. So like around the corner from us, so it was just kind of like yeah, I think it was a question thing at the time. What I was wondering too. I saw when I was looking up a YouTube channel, one of the segments you have, I don't know if you guys still do it. It's like your top 10 and your bottom 10 of the week. Like we have a thing we call like the five, three, one. And it was like our top five segment. And we break it down to three and then a one. And usually we just pick for us. It could be something like a topic, like top five heels of the eighties or, you know, just something, anything like that. Yeah. I'm guessing that the top 10 and bottom 10, it's about, if I read it right, it's the bottom 10 of the week, top 10 of the week. So this is more like a topical thing or how does that work? Uh, it's different kind of topics, yeah, isn't it? We, we've oh, yeah, we kind of toy with that a little bit. Like typically, we each week we'll talk about like the news or whichever for that week, and then we'll try and put something a bit different in there. So we we've done a few top tens and a few uh, bottom tens, or I think maybe worst tens. Yeah. We've made names sometimes. <laughs> I think I think but, we just um, called it ten. It's not as organized as you might think. We're just like, well, what what do we want to sort of list off? What do we want to talk about? So we're, like we've done. Um, quite recently was 10 best wrestling video games yeah mm-hmm. um obviously purely based on our childhood but um you know just as we're sort of thinking of things that you know other sort of fans of our generation might be might be discussing we sort of try and put that into into a top 10 so that's sort of we kind of toy around with the the content of that i suppose a little bit yeah that's pretty cool just, I, that's uh, we, just to, just to give a mention to your guys topic as well um obviously I've, I've i've listened to a couple of shows i think it's really cool the way you take five and then you kind of like like an elimination almost so like, mm-hmm. we're gonna get rid of two we're gonna get rid of two and you, you get to the one that way you know whereas we just go here's our list we'll <laughs> yeah. in an order kind of thing there's no debate it's like <laughs> well i mean there's some level of debate over the order before we put it out there yeah. but uh yeah, no, I do like the elimination style of it. Not that we're going to steal it or anything. But... No, it's fine. You know what's funny? It's just, uh... <laughs> we joke around that. 10 5 1. No, but it, like, we do the same thing, though, like in terms of topics. Like, we'll go, all right, what do you want to do this week? <laughs> you know, it's not like it's like some, you know, big you know chalkboard in the back or like all right it's like yeah. nah, just, what do you got you know like we so we've always done the news we used to do every week as well we did this week in wrestling and it was just giving our take and stuff on on things and to be fair we just i think it, it felt a bit forced as well yeah like, we, like we never we didn't want to make it like a chore yeah you know? it was right. like oh you know have you watched this yet i've not you know because we've got busy lives and stuff we've got kids and things as well it's trying to fit there's a lot of tv to watch now and it's like <laughs> That's there's so much like it's, and it's all brilliant content but there's so much content like and this is no disrespect to nxt but most weeks I was not getting to NXT. Oh sure. So I was like, yeah. so we get to it and go. I was NXT this week, and like, well, neither yeah. of us saw it. So. It's like obviously, you know, we put our show out on a Wednesday, and it's like just before AEW. So by the time we've put it out, then we're already a week behind on AEW and and things like that. And it's like we're just giving our thoughts. People have already seen it, so we decided to move away from that a bit. I think if we did it every day in like a live stream and stuff, yeah, that'd I mean, be perfect. It, it, but we we mentioned slightly off the air. You know, it'd be, it'd be lovely to do this as a day job, and if if we if we if it was a day job, we'd probably be putting content out every day and, and talking about each show, as you say. But like at the minute, that's why we like doing things like the the top tens or 
um, like right. we've done one recently called Get the F Out, which uh, <laughs> we're talking about like our wrestling pet peeves. So just things like that that sort of, it, hopefully it's fun for the listeners, but it's it's fun for us as well to keep it in, interesting, you know. Here's a question here. Do you guys ever worry about running out of things to talk about? All the time. <laughs> Constantly. <laughs> it's funny because, you know, so I'm, I'm a bit of a spreadsheet nerd, so I, I've got everything kind of mapped out um, on a spreadsheet in terms of here's potential topics we could talk about and all this kind of stuff, but that's kind of running a bit thin lately, especially since we dropped this week in wrestling because we still like to do three segments a week don't we so we have yeah, the news yeah. and then we like to kind of do two additional ones so luckily we found most of you know the, the pay-per-view or the premium live event calendar keeps us busy often enough for the, the you know yeah two, so you do like a, a prediction series on instagram so we have we we obviously give our predictions on the show but um we tie that into our instagram so our instagram followers can can vote at it as well so um and we've been like that's kind of like, <laughs> so i think exactly you know, yeah, if so it all that dries up then yeah we're probably gonna sh- sh- show ourselves if we can <laughs> But like things like the like the top tens, for instance, and you, you see a lot of like the, the like the massive channels. They do a similar thing, like the likes of Cultaholic or What Culture or WrestleTalk. Oh, yeah. They all do their like their top tens, and you know they we'll probably end up in a similar boat to them, where you go, well, we've already done it, so we're gonna do it again, or something like that. Like has anything changed since we last did it, or something like that? But um, we don't want to get to a point where we're just doing like top tens for top tens' <laughs> sake, I suppose. Our, our top ten, top ten episodes. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah, you know, I, I have to say one of the vibes I got too from you guys too is I feel like, especially someone who's like you are, I think you made a joke about it the other day. One of you guys did online where it was like Triple H, like when he first take over, the savior of our wrestling then Triple H after like one episode of Monday Night Raw. Yeah. <laughs> like, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's out of touch. He's in over his head. I don't know. It's the, I, You can call it tribalism, I guess, like because I... I when I grew up, it was, I, I like WWF, I like WCW. Even before that, I remember other promotions and like as a kid, like especially being older, like if I found a wrestling promotion like on our cable, I was like, whoa, what is that? You know, I was just excited to see wrestling. And exactly. this whole era, I just, I don't know, like of like, uh, we just have to be on a team or hate things. It's, it's very fascinating to me. I don't like it, but it's, it's very fascinating one way too, because like to me, it's like if I break down like for my love of wrestling, weekly i mean about you guys i like to watch dynamite i like the fast pace of the show but if you ask me like some of my favorite acts in pro wrestling like the bloodline is one of my favorite acts in pro wrestling you know so it's just i don't know like i i don't have a what are you guys feelings on tribalism i guess is my point and what do you think about the current fan base and everything like it might come across like because we'll often talk on the show and i think everyone does it a little bit when you get a bit impassioned about a particular topic like i've i've mentioned a few things and i've probably gone off on a bit of a rant about a few things and it made sound like oh i, I prefer aw or i prefer this but genuinely like you say wrestling of wrestling right. so i think there was a, a long for a very long time we were enjoying dynamite much oh. more than wwe yeah. but then as you say you get acts like like what sammy Zayn and the bloodline are doing at the minute is fantastic mm. you know and um I, for me, I think the likes of Twitter and and even Reddit to some degree, the, the horrible places for that kind of thing of like, you know, you have to be Team AW or Team WWE, and the comments are just so boring as well. You get so many. <laughs> it's like, oh, AW is just WCW. It's like, yeah, okay. Do you remember like people just remember WCW like falling off? But they don't remember how awesome it was or the NWO or you know how they very nearly well, they very nearly might even cause some controversy, but how they were close to beating them at one point. You know, WCW is not, it's not a shame to be compared to WCW. Like, all right, it didn't work out in the long run, but um, it's mad to me that that's, it's yeah. a negative comparison to say that like WCW. WCW is awesome. I it's, used to watch it. It's bizarre, yeah. I think, is, is, my, is my kind of take on it because I, I don't see how you can be so attached to a single 
promotion, if that makes sense. If you're a wrestling fan, you know, there's going to be elements of wrestling that you like, whether it's, as you said, whether it's great matches or whether it's, you know, the storylines or the characters and across all the promotions, there's all of that. So there's there's got to be something which, you, you know, appeals to you in a certain promotion. I don't, I, it's yeah. bizarre to me for someone to be like, I hate AEW, I'm a WWE guy. It's <laughs> well, like, right. it's got to be like, how can you not love the acclaimed? Like, everyone loves the acclaimed. Everybody so loves the acclaimed. You know, you can't be like that. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. But like, look at Cody Rhodes as a, as a prime example of this. Like, so many people the hated AEW and everything AEW did. The minute Cody went to WWE, he was amazing. Cody's fantastic. The best. Yeah. You know, they've they done well to get him. It's like, so why weren't you watching AEW for Cody if you loved him so much? I, yeah. That's the I, that's the mentality. I just can't get my head around when people are so tribalist about it. You go, well, you obviously liked Cody. You're saying you like Cody now. So right. There was there was a reason to watch AEW. Like I don't understand why you don't. It's like this kind of you know expectation economy. It's like you know they're booking the show just for me. If, if I don't like every aspect of it, they failed, and it's like that's and that's not... kind of what that that post about the Triple H post was about. Really, yeah. is that like it's it's that thing is like it didn't cater exactly to what I wanted. Right. So yeah. he, he's now failing. That's exactly. Like, it's it's, it's like it's like one choice that was made, and now suddenly yeah, Triple H has dropped the ball. It's like, oh yeah. Like to your point too, like in WCW is a great example, but like you look at like Impact Wrestling and stuff like that, and yeah, they've had some bad booking things over the years, but you still had a company at one point that had Sting, Kurt Angle, Jeff Jarrett, Booker T, all at the same time, and then even look at NXT, which you brought up, which I'm not a huge fan of NXT right now, but that doesn't take away from at one point there was a takeover after takeover, and it was just an amazing event. So it's really it's I always never understood paintbrushing like this one thing. Oh, this is bad, and it's always been bad. It's like eh, probably not. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> if you like, if you wanted to critique anything, you can always watch an episode of Dynamite or Raw or any of them and go, well, I, "That was rubbish." Didn't like that, etc. And you'll never agree. Like Carl, for some reason, is a big fan, uh, big fan of Austin Theory. <laughs> I don't know why, but he is. So I was happy about this week. Carl wasn't, it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's funny. I, it's funny. So I'll just throw my opinion. Austin Theory, personally, like I think he's got a good look. I always thought he could be somebody like in the ring, but like. The way he's just been booked, or even just the way he's living, I don't know. I I didn't want him with the money in the bank anymore. So like when he lost it, I was like, ah, right, whatever. We got out of this. So let's, let's see. Maybe you know, maybe we could do something else with him now and move on to the next one. I guess. I mean, interestingly, that's going to be a topic we're talking about tonight on our show. Is as uh, you know, has the money in the bank run its course now? Like, hmm. are they just doing it for doing its sake? You know, we're like how many years? Twelve years, seventeen years, something of yeah. the money in the bank. Um, and it's like because one thing we've always sort of. We haven't ever sat and talked about it properly, but I'd be interested in how you feel about it as well. Is um, we always thought Money in the Bank was better as a match at WrestleMania yes. than its own pay per view because now yeah, you have no. to have one every year, whether you need one or not. Whereas when it was a match type, you could use it correctly, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent. I was actually just having a conversation with this off the podcast with someone, and it's interesting because in a bigger landscape, a bigger scheme of things too, I don't like the fact that we have to have an elimination chamber pay-per-view. I don't like that we have to have, you know, I mean, let's just build to the matches. You can have your special events and then when the matches make sense, we'll do it. Like I'm excited that we're doing war games this year, just because I'm just kind of so done with the survivor series concept, but when I, put <laughs> yeah. the, I don't want to be announced ahead of time that we're doing war games, like just build up to it. And you know, I think they need to do a better job of picking and having a plan with some of these Money in the Bank competitors. That being said, yeah, I did like it better when it was part of WrestleMania because I also think it added something to WrestleMania too. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. One thing that, like, while we mentioned about like having a plan, the 
not so much with Austin Theory, but the year before without us. Oh yeah, get, that felt like a plan. And for some, like all they had to do, and so many people, uh, this isn't even a new idea. So many people have put this out on on social media. All they had to do was have him cash in for the tag titles. Then heavy machinery would get their shot at being champs. And you go, well, that, that's mm. that's how you execute it. You don't have to put out us in the main title scene, which they obviously didn't want to do. And instead, we end up with what a, a courtroom scene with John John right. as the judge for some reason. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Miz had been like losing every week. And so when he finally, like when he got the title too, it was kind of like, it did. Yeah, they have not done the money in the bank a good service the last few years. Now, that being said, like if Roman continues to hold on to it and now that he has both titles, if you pick the right guy, you could. But I, I don't know. I, I got this theory. I'll, so since we're just talking wrestling a little bit here now, and that's oh, kind of fun. I'm curious what you guys think, like with Roman in particular. So I think Roman, they, they want to do The Rock. Obviously, I think that's what they yeah. want to do, whether they can or not. I had this theory that I thought to be interesting because I had a, a, a person come to me recently who's just started getting into wrestling again. And he he's quoting the Usi stuff and say so it's like oh, okay this is kind of taking off right he he's getting this and he's like but he's saying like a lot of things like he's like oh they're gonna get the belt off this guy ever like you don't like oh no he's a heel like this is perfect this is what they want right but so I told him like this opinion I had that like if they can do the Rock they will but I'm wondering Cody Rhodes comes back wins the Rumble and maybe it's even on night two maybe you do Rock night one and you know Cody has a match or do something and. Then you have the guy who's basically beaten Rock. He's beaten Cena. He's beaten Goldberg. He's beaten everybody going on, uh, you know, close to three years at this point. And he takes on the guy who left because he wasn't good enough, comes back and wins the title that his father could never win, who was a legend. I'm like, to me, like that story writes itself. Like, I, I don't know whether you're a Cody fan or not. I'm like, what? That seems like we're something we could go. But I'm just curious what you guys think or you have any ideas, sir? I mean, I don't think I'll ever be as big a fan of Cody as Cody. Um, <laughs> but uh, honestly, like whether you like Cody or not, the story is is just perfect, isn't it? Yeah. Like you yeah. say, it needs to be told. That that yeah. that story for, needs for to me. Happen. For me, that that is the ultimate story. The the, the 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 I guess where I get concerned is what happens after that. Because oh, yeah. you know, essentially, you know, this is the big thing. He's going to do what his dad never did. He's going to do it, and you know, say for for argument's sake, he is the one to dethrone Roman. He gets both belts. And then Roman, you know, has a little bit of a break for a bit. I just, I don't know where he goes from there that is anything anywhere near as compelling. Well, this is going to be the trouble with, I think, anyone who dethrones Roman. It's been, whether you hate him or love him, it's been a hell of a run. So, like, right. no matter what, you're kind of, like, setting anyone up for, like, a less uh, notable run, aren't you, really? Yeah. I do I do disagree with the decision to give them both belts, to be fair. I do <clears> think... There's got to have been a way. Like, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm a massive Drew Mark. Um, so Clash of the Castle seemed like the perfect opportunity. Oh yeah, something where he got one of the belts off him at least, or something. We like, were we I, were kind of waiting for him to like, win, and then there'd be I some know. sort of like Paul Heyman esque promo where he's like, "What? Well, no, you didn't win both belts. You know, like some sort of technicality. That's what yeah. we were expecting at Clash of the Castle. To be honest, yeah, we certainly weren't expecting Tyson Fury to sing with him at the end. Yeah, the that that was unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get you guys out of here, but I, I was a big fan of Drew going into that, too. I thought the story wrote itself, and then, I, I don't know, like, if everybody's going to get this or not, I think you guys will, but, like, I know there's been some people online, but, like, when they played his old music, too, and they had that little video they made for him, like, I was such a fan of his old music. I was like, I just thought, oh, this is perfect. We could do this, and they didn't do it. They did not. It. Still teased us. <laughs> Still hurts. Still hurts. For me though, like going back slightly back to the to the Roman thing, 
I think the match is it's a money match for him and The Rock. It doesn't need to have the belts involved. I know that would mean he'd have to have suffered a loss, but um, yeah, I, they, who's not? Is anyone realistically going to go? Oh, I'm not watching that. It's not even for the belts, right? Not, you know, we, we're still tuning in to see The Rock versus Roman. That's just it's, it's a money match straight away. Yeah. I think I think that the the big kind of the shame with it all is it seems so telegraphed of like Cody's going to come back at the Rumble and if they can get the Rock it is going to be the Rock and like I'm just I'm I'm interested to see whether there's going to be any unexpected surprises along the way. And to be fair to Triple H, he has he's pulled off quite a few. I know it's mostly just returns and stuff at this point, <laughs> but he's he's pulled off a few surprises so far. So yeah. it'd be. Uh... I'm, I'm excited. It's it's an exciting time for wrestling. Guys, I'm going to throw this one out there. I know we're going to get you out of here, but like, what do you guys think about Bray Wyatt? I was hyped, so I love all that kind of... You do. You like a good mystery. Yeah, yeah, I love the kind of unraveling the mysteries and stuff like that. I think the problem is is he's he is rambling rabbit at the minute he's come yes. back and he's just, he's just spoke and it's yeah, pretty much like, the same promo every week. And obviously we see, we've seen Uncle Howdy and it's like, okay, but... And now we're starting to see these like little flashes of like behind Alexa Bliss and stuff like that with the and it's like oh could it be Bliss could it be Asuka so I'm still intrigued but I think it it piqued my interest massively right. then we saw him and then it's just kind of like you need we, to do something yeah we we need him like because you can still keep the mysteries going but for me we need him back in the ring yeah. there's only so many promos where he's being cryptic for mm. me like awesome guy you know in terms of creative standpoint it's always mm. intriguing stuff and I was super excited for him to be back so I'm not knocking it but yeah. at the same time. If we don't get him in the ring soon, it's just it's like what yeah. are we? And it like, could what? be amazing. I mean, at the end of the day, no one knows who Uncle Howdy is. You know, I think what intrigued me was when Bray was feuding with himself, where it seemed like he was feuding with you know a different personality, and now like they've introduced this Uncle Howdy, and it's like if that's a person, well, I think that might cheapen it a bit. Yeah, yeah, because like point. people were expecting like each of the because they had when he first came back, they had all the characters, didn't they? The the, the Rabbit, Huskus, the Pig Boy, and all that, and they were like each one of them is going to be a member of the Wired Six, and I, I don't even know if that's going to be the case now. It's still very much a mystery. They haven't given us much at all. Yeah, I, I agree. Though I think like for me, it peaked at a, Extreme Rules, and like we found, I, I did love the chase. I did love like I'm not one of those guys who's going to go through all that, but I liked reading about it afterwards and like, oh wow, they did this and all this just to like that's very clever and it was different and it was so unlike anything WWE was doing and yeah. it was it was fascinating and then he got that huge response and then I saw him come on and you know he delivered when he when he's being himself with the heartfelt you know and it's just like wow that's so great but now like you said we're a couple weeks into Uncle Howdy and for me I'm like okay I'm not down on it because we haven't we don't know where this is going for sure but I'm like all right I'm kind of pumping the brakes a little bit like uh I don't know if this is going to be for me now I'm kind of like I'm easing up whereas if you asked me after extreme rules I was like give me all the Bray Wyatt I'm ready <laughs> you know? yeah agreed I think they just need to do something a bit more step on that story a little bit more to to still have the intrigue and it can be it can, it can you know it can be a longer term story it's just it's not really going anywhere at the minute yeah. is it well so. that's the thing I'm, I'm curious for, for both of you actually I've not asked uh, you either Cal it doesn't look like they're doing the fiend. Like mm. it doesn't look like we're going back to that. Like either of you have missed the fiend because obviously it was such a big character at, at that point. I don't know whether he's run his course again though. As well mm -hmm. with it, I think a lot of limitations came with with how you know spectacular it was. I think I think when the he did burnt burnt face fiend. Yeah, <laughs> that was, yeah, it's kind of the end personally. But yeah, what are your thoughts? I I did not. I don't, I don't miss him. I didn't hate the fiend, but like I think I I missed having Bray Wyatt like the talks and you know like I like I put this for me personally I like you know just kind of going into the little bit of the supernatural sprinkling it in I don't like going all the way in although I will say the exception was the cinematic match he had with John Cena initially mm -hmm. 
because yeah. for me that was so different. And now we've had so many, but at the time it was so different and it's what we kind of needed at that point. So I was all for that. But beyond that, for the most part, I like to have a little bit of some feet in reality here. So I liked it when he can talk and he's able to cut these promos because he's such a good talker. So for me, I, at this point, no, I don't want the fiend back, but I am curious to see where this is going. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Anyway, guys, one other thing before we get you, uh, out of here, I just want to ask you, I saw you recently had somebody on, and it's on your Twitter, Top Rope Brewing. I might, might have got that wrong. Oh, yeah. Top, uh, do you have a relationship with this, and is this another uh, project of yours, or how does this work? Again, they're another sort of local company, if you will. So um, we, we first noticed them. They had a, a convention um, in England called For the Love of Wrestling, which is, as it sounds, it's a, it's a specific wrestling convention. And um, this company were were at the the events, and they they specialize in obviously the the name would indicate they 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 make their own beer, theme it after different wrestlers. So um, we had like the Exalted one as a tribute to Brody Lee, and we had like Papa Mango, Papa Mango which is a particular favorite of mine. So that was like a mango flavored beer that was obviously done in homage to uh, Papa Shango and stuff like that. So we were sort of intrigued to try the beers, and then we started speaking to them about well, you know, maybe we could sort of mention them on the show, promote them a little bit. And that's sort of really how that came about. So we just started doing like, I suppose a bit of advertising, but we, we, for the, well, for a few weeks now, we'd been sort of trying a different one of their beers each week and then sort of giving them a bit of a mention on the show. And um, they give us a 10% code so they, you know, anyone who wants to buy, they can get 10% off. And that's, yeah, it just sort of happened sort of naturally. Like, oh, we got talking to them at, um, well, at, for the love of wrestling and sort of beyond that by email and like awesome all right guys i know you got a show to record tonight so why don't before we get out of here and i'm gonna ask you guys to stay on after we're done for a second i want to ask you something oh, why don't you hit anybody with any social media or anything you want to promote yeah absolutely yeah, um, so you can follow us pretty much everywhere um at a to the k wrestling i should say right there yeah. so obviously tiktok instagram twitter facebook anywhere basically yeah um, in terms of the show youtube Pro Wrestling TV, yes. and um, we say pretty much anywhere you can find your podcast. We try and make sure we're in all the, like, you know, we've got Spotify, Google, Apple. Mm. Try and make sure we're on any, any podcast platform that we're not on. We try and make sure we get ourselves put on there. So um, pretty yeah. much anywhere you can find us in that sense. But um, in terms of the video show, main ones would be Pro Wrestling TV and YouTube. Awesome. All right, Anthony Carl, thank you for doing the show, and we definitely oh, like to have you back on, man. Yeah, cheers, man. Thank awesome. you. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring these podcasts to 